Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Beaubrun. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation that is now in its 92nd or 93rd episode. Um, if you're a returning listener, thank you again for giving me your divided attention. Um, I really appreciate that. <clears throat> We spoke briefly about, well, I don't want to say briefly, if you can call it a whole hour diatribe briefly, but we spoke about divided attention and children and where their attentions are in the last episode briefly. But um, And I, I would encourage anyone who's listening to me for the first time, definitely go back and listen to the previous episodes. If you're interested in what's going on right now with what's going on as far as the climate of this country or where are the youth? What do I think about this control and that control or this or that? Um, I probably have a macro perspective on it somewhere along the lines, even if I'm not ripping things straight from the headlines, which I which I I'm reticent to do unless I can have a broader conversation about it. So if you're a new listener, please go back and listen two other episodes after you listen to this one if you're a obviously if you've been a follower and a listener to this to this particular platform i would still say if you haven't heard all of the episodes go back and look at a summary of them you know look at the titles and look at the summary of of um if you want to speak about birth control abortion this or technology the metaverse the village how to deal with family in the holidays. We speak about a whole host of things. I'm thinking of rearranging some of my titles to be more indicative of what it actually is going to be about. My titles, sometimes I think I might be overthinking them, you know, as opposed to saying, this is what it's going to be about. Because like I said, I know I'm getting people's divided attention, you know? So... Are they going to if they don't if they don't know what I'm speaking about from the title, <clears throat> am I going to get people's attention enough? Are they going to invest more time into just looking at the brief summary of what the episode is about? Or are they just going to go, I don't know, that title, I don't know what he's talking about, keeping moving. So I'm thinking of maybe changing, going back and changing and rearranging some titles. I may or may not, but we'll see. <clears throat> In any case, if you guys have any questions, concerns, kudos, uh, sponsorship opportunities, investment opportunities for the show, uh, maybe some uh, sh platform conversation ideas, or maybe someone you'd like me to interview or, or, or a particular topic, I'm, I'm open to it. And I would definitely like to hear you guys um, like to hear the suggestions. You can email me at whose world is this to one at gmail.com. That's whose world is this? Whose is W-H-O-S-E? Whose world is this? 2-1. Or you can follow us on Instagram. <clears throat> Our page is whose world is this? 2021. And you can leave me a direct message. Let me know what you're thinking, what's going on. Any questions, concerns, kudos, congratulations, this, that, and the third. If you're listening on Apple uh, Podcasts, please feel free to subscribe, obviously, and rate the show. Rate it. Leave a little comment if you want, but definitely rate the show. <clears throat> I have several, I have a lot of listeners and, um, well, 
I'm not going to say I have a lot. Let's just say I have less raters. So when I've looked at how many people are actually listening on Apple Podcasts regularly and um, as opposed to how many people have actually rated or left a comment on the show, there's a big disparity there. And I'd like to I'd like to uh, shorten that gap from the amount of listeners as opposed to the amount of people that are actually leaving a little rating takes a couple of seconds. Um, Thank you guys for the cash apps, dollar sign J-U-N-B-E-A-U. That's dollar sign June Bow. Venmo is June Bow, J-U-N-B-E-A-U. Um, so, and um, the Zell, if you guys know me, if, if you have my personal number, you can always Zell me at my personal number. But if you don't, um, you can definitely Zell me at my first name and last name at gmail.com. That is J-U-N-Y-A. B-E-A-U-B-R-U-N. Okay, Junior Bo Brun. If you don't know how to spell the name, the name is in the title of the show. Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bo Brun? You look at the first name and the last name, you put those together, boom, at Gmail, then you can send that Zell right there. Okay. Also, ChavezHouse.com. That's Chavez with an S, ChavezHouse.com, where you want to get your a uh, successful self-publishing blueprint on how to successfully self-publish your 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 book, whether it be a cookbook, book of poems, book of pictures, anecdotes, stories, biographies, autobiographies, doesn't matter. This book was number one in its genre and how to self-publish. It was number one in its genre this time last year. I would suggest you pick it up if you want to successfully self-publish your first book, your second, third, or fourth book. Doesn't matter. Use this blueprint. We, they also have gratitude journals, things to be grateful for in the morning and in the evenings. They also have decorative notebooks and training logs of fitness training logs. <clears throat> you can go on Amazon and type in Chavez House Publishing in the search engine and all the offerings from Lenore Batista are there. If it doesn't say by Lenore Batista, uh, it's not Chavez House because she is the premier author and content creator on chavezhouse.com and chavez house publishing pardon me i'm drinking a lot of lemon water these days got to stay alkaline and aligned so what are we going to talk about today i've spent a great deal of time speaking about <sighs> guns children future divided attention poverty versus poverty control versus gun control which i have to say I've gotten a very good response from people who are very, very, very pro-gun control. And I've had several friends of mine who are in academia, actually, who are, if you look at their posts, they don't own guns. They're very anti-gun. To a certain degree, they're anti-Second Amendment, which I am not. I am very pro-Second Amendment. And um, they said that I made the most poignant case against gun control that they've ever heard in their lives and these are people who are gun control advocates to the extreme i would call it almost like you know i wouldn't call myself a second amendment absolutist but i'm almost there and they are the opposite of me and i and i took that as a i, I was very very uh encouraged by what they said because they said i made the most poignant argument against gun control they didn't say I made a great argument for having a gun, 
but they said I made a great argument against the banning, which was what that poverty control versus gun control was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be pro, pro, pro gun. It wasn't supposed to be, oh, have a gun because this is the amount of shootings and the amount of this and the amount of that that you can avoid if you own a gun. No, no, no. I That was supposed to be a, a, a case for bigger issues that are leading to certain gun violences and creating new agencies to police people that have weapons, etc., is not going to take guns off the street. It's, I'm sorry, it's not going to mitigate the gun violence as opposed to having certain poverty control initiatives. And the last episode I did, I was speaking about a family that was sitting down, four adults, three children, and under the age of 10, and they all had tablets, and none of them were engaging in the normative conversations that people that are socially interacting go through. So I contend that we need some tablet control (laughs) more than gun control. We need some tablet control. We need some smartphone control. We need some web digital control over the adolescent's when their minds are going through the most fundamental changes of their lives, they don't need the level of digital stimuli that they have. So I'm contending tablet control, okay? Some digital controls, because parents right now are out of control. They have relinquished control of their babies to the metaverse, to everything that's going on on the web. And the parents cannot keep up with all the duties and things that they have going on. If you want to hear more about that, I went in-depth the last episode that I did, okay? Um, so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to kind of continue on because I'm hearing the conversation ramp up around gun control, and it bothers me. It bothers me because not because of the gun control issue as it stands, but the fact of the matter is that it's the only conversation that's being had as to the rise in violence they this 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 conversation as if the more guns we have these this is what's leading to these mass shootings so it's like okay um let's get rid of guns oh wait let's first get rid of high capacity guns let's first get rid of ar-15s because there's no use for them oh wait let's get rid of that oh in california you can't have a gun with a magazine that has a, a clip with more than 10 rounds in it so if it's over 10 rounds, it's considered high capacity and blah, blah, blah. Me, I own firearms. I don't own one firearm that takes less than 16 rounds per per magazine. Nor I'm not going to lose a gunfight due to lack of bullets. I'm pretty good with my gun guns. And if anyone is coming through my door or looking to do harm to me or my loved ones, um, I'm not losing that because... I needed to reload because you can't reload in a real gunfight. I ain't Tom Cruise. I'm not Matt Jason Bourne, Matt Damon Bourne. I'm not James Craig, David Daniel Craig Bond. It's not what happens in the real world. The real world is the clip you came to the party with is the clip you're leaving the party with. That's it. You're not going to get a second chance to make a first impression on a criminal bad actor. Okay. First impression counts, bang, bang, bang. And it's showing that when, when you're dealing with a situation when there's more than one assailant, you better have enough in your clip. In any case, I wanted to talk about gun control for a minute because let's say I'm all for gun control. Let, let's, let's have this conversation. I'm all for gun control, and I am. 
I know I know I just said I'm I'm close to being a second amendment absolutist where I want my government to not have control over my guns. But wait, wait a minute. There's another conversation to be had, and it's about the country that I live in. This country, the United States of America. You know what the United States of, of America is? The United States of America is the largest exporter of weapons to the world. The largest. 40% of the world's guns come from us. 40% of the world's guns come from the United States. Over $200 billion. And that is the most conservative estimation. Many, many people said it's double that. Over $200 billion worth of guns are sold or sent from the United States to governments and factions and uh, militias all over the world. From the United States. One, over $200 billion. 167 countries depend on the United States for their guns. So if there's a conflict going on somewhere in the world right now that gets on your news feed or on your network, legacy media television station, and it brings you pause and you go, oh my gosh, those people are gone. What a shame. There's a high likelihood that the weapon that was used in that conflict or on the ground came from a United States exporter, came from the United States. We are the biggest gun runners on earth. Not only do Americans buy more guns per capita as American citizens, but our government sells more guns to the world than anybody else. 40%. I think the largest or the, or the, or the number two, I think is Russia with like 19 or 20. You have China, Russia, France, Germany, and none of them sell more than the United States. All of these rich first world countries don't sell more guns than the United States. So, this is what I'm saying. The people that are calling for gun control, and the United States is the largest exporter of guns on earth, are you willing to go on record and say that the, the United States needs to stop selling guns to the rest of the world? <clears throat> I'm just saying because there are a lot of bodies that are being racked up. I mean, there are certain there's there 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 are factions that used to be on the side of the United States and have changed sides with the United States and they're using the United the weapons that were furnished to them by the US to combat the US as we speak. I don't want to go through the myriad of of uh uh uh, uh groups. I can start in the Middle East, I can go into South America, I can do all of that. I mean, we have the Trump deal in uh, 2017, $110 billion gun sales to Saudi Arabia. That's just the one country. It's just the one country. Keep them armed, keep them ready, et cetera, et cetera, right? This is what we have going on in this country. So we're, we're the largest, we have the largest share of global arms trade in the world and yet I'm listening to people wonder why we have so many guns on our streets. Did Malcolm X once say, and this is very controversial, what I'm going to say when JFK was, was, was assassinated, he said the chickens have come home to roost. Eventually your chickens are going to come back to the barn from where they're from. 
from where they were hatched and raised. So a country that exports more guns to the rest of the world, that arms more conflicts and more governments, for better or for worse. I'm not making a judgment call. I'm not saying that the United States is supposed to stop or it is supposed to or not. I'm, this is not a judgment call. This is just data. We are the largest gun exporters on the planet. The second largest is only selling half of what this country sells in guns and exports in guns. Okay. With that being said, at one point it was said that all of the first world countries combined didn't sell and, and export more guns than the United States. I'm not sure if that's still true, but we're still holding on to a lion share, the largest share. And I'm not making a judgment call over that. The United States wants to foment its relationships with its allies, keep them, you know, close. So he says they will arm you. Look what's going on with the Ukraine. Who's providing the most guns in the Ukrainian conflict with Russia? It's the United States. Don't we have a $13.6 billion aid package that's going to them right now? I think that's what was going on. That was on the table. I don't know if that's how much it went through, but that, that's what was on the table. In any case, we use the guns as <laughs> proverbial olive branches. That's what the proponents of us being the largest exporter would say. Others would say that it's risky business, that you arm certain factions and what you end up doing is you end up creating oftentimes the climate for for uh, 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 violence as opposed to diplomacy. Because if you're going to supply them with the weapons, then why come to the table now? You're empowering them to to, to enter into a post diplomatic stage of negotiation and now enter into armed conflict more readily. That being an option, it becomes option one as opposed to the last resort. That's what some would say. And they and they cite examples. I can refer you to various <clears throat> websites, whether it's the Cato Institute or this one or that one, or, or even people that are pro-gun lobby or pro-weapon lobby and pro-war lobbies. Even they will say that furnishing weapons at these wholesale prices to certain countries puts them in a position where they're not using their diplomatic muscles if all they have to use is their trigger finger. Okay? So what I'm saying is... <clears throat> Or any of these Democratic or any of these politicians that are looking to score political gun control points with their constituency, are they willing to go on record and saying that is is what's going on in America a microcosm of, of what's going on in the contiguous within the confines within the continental United States? Is this just a microcosm of what's going on in the world? If the largest exporter of guns has an explosion of gun violence on its own shores, isn't that a natural occurrence? Isn't that a natural byproduct of being the largest gun manufacturer? I'm sorry, the largest gun exporter as well as manufacturer? If you're exporting guns to all of these different countries, are you not expecting at some point that these guns are going to come home to roost in some way, shape, or form? I mean, th that's all I'm saying. Are these politicians ready to go on record and say that as opposed to just banning every homeowner from having a nine millimeter or homeowner from having a rifle or a shotgun or high capacity to depend themselves? I mean, so to defend themselves in their family. 
or those who just want to enter into recreational shooting as a hobby or what have you are are we are we are we ready to say that the gun control starts at the top that maybe at this point in our evolution we should start looking at other ways to resolve conflicts outside of just arming everyone to the teeth it seems that we've gotten more proficient at shooting, whether it's drones or nuclear advancements and in, 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 in the nuclear advancements in weaponry. Drone strikes were able to drop satellite missiles from outer space. Star Wars. We have now we have p pollution in outer space because of all of the dead satellites that are going on and that are crashing into each other from other countries. Our whole our, our atmosphere outside of our uh, outside of our planet right now is littered literally littered with satellites weaponized surveillance and weaponized satellite systems so we seem to have made great advancements as far as weaponry but we haven't made the same level of advancements commensurate to that in the in the form of diplomacy and fellowship am i wrong in that assertion i'm just saying we found more effective ways to destroy everything than we have to save everything we have become innovative and inventive in destruction, but not in healing and building. So when I hear politicians speaking about taking my gun as a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen, and if I, may, if I may quote someone on YouTube who says, I'm a sound, sober, moral, prudent individual. Okay? Someone of sound mind, moral, prudent, individual well-intentioned okay you you're coming from mine and and i've shown you examples all across the planet where um places that have certain levels of inequality income inequality and uh, uh commensurate to their population and their and their and their currency how when you take guns away from the actual citizen it turns the citizen into prey these places aren't safe and we're a first world nation, but at the same time, we are suffering from certain inequalities that will turn us into certain third world conditions. When people say, why does Europe have such strict gun laws and it works for them and um, they don't have the level of violence that the United States has? I go, well, first and foremost, um, social safety nets help. <clears throat> Financial safety nets help. When you create a, a floor where most people don't go under. So there's certain levels of abject poverty that occur in the United States don't happen in other places because I've said before, most of the violence that occurs in America happens in its poverty clusters. So that means there's a relationship between poverty and the rise in gun violence. Most of the homicides, most of the gun shootings and gun violence are happening in the poorest regions of a particular place. Poorest communities, poorest zip codes, poorest cities right <clears throat> places that have the least amount of education the least amount of resources the least amount of this there's a lot of least going on that leads to the most violence so based on that i would conclude that maybe if you increase opportunities and increase salaries and increase educational opportunities then all of a sudden you would see a decreasing in gun violence because guess what's going on i was reading something the other day right it was about ghost guns. You guys know about this? 
Because remember, I was talking from my gun control, poverty control, and I said, listen, you can't take guns off the street because every time you, every time America tries to ban something, that thing becomes more ubiquitous. Take drugs, for instance, $1 trillion spent since 1971. How many agencies have been created? The DEA, the Drug Task Force, the, the TNT, Tactical Narcotics Task Force in Queens, New York, and this one and that one. Um, we've created more kingpins after the war on drugs than existed before the war on drugs. And before that, it was what? Gambling and what? Alcohol created Al Capone and La Cosa Nostra in the United States. Turned him into a billionaire for his, at his time. He was worth $100 million at the time and adjusted for today's uh, money. That was $8.6 billion. The man was richer than most countries in the world. Okay. All because you banned it and you turned it into contraband instead of doing what a consumer capitalist country is supposed to do. Throw a barcode on that mother, scan it and sell it and regulate it. That's what we do here. That's what we do. But instead you banned it, turned it into contraband and you created a whole cottage industry for gangsters and goons that were buying politicians and judges and DAs and, and everyone alike and police officers and everything. Graft was running amok. Okay, same thing is happening with drugs. You're paying men and women fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year to 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 arrest people that are making sixty, seventy thousand dollars a week. Who you think's gonna win? Who you think's gonna win? If that cop comes and arrests me and I go, listen, man, how much you making? You have child support, you got this, you got a wife, you got a little mortgage, you can barely buy a house in the city that you're told to patrol. How about I put another ten G's on your books, man? You just turn the other way. Happens all the time. You cannot have flourishing drug empires without the complicity of law enforcement. You know where I got that phrase from? The FBI. <laughs> That's not from some sort of um, defund the police activist. That was actual people within law enforcement that said you cannot have drug empires flourish without the complicity of law enforcement. Whether it be your Coast Guard, your this, your so how many agencies do we have to try to, to, to try to curtail drug use and drug sales and drug possession? Anybody out there getting the feeling that all the DEA, the ATF, the ICE, the TNT, all of these FBI, all of these alphabet boys, are they making a dent? You could say, oh, well, there would be more drugs if they weren't around. The drug game the, the money has increased. The violence has increased globally. United States, Central America, South America, the Caribbean, all over the world. With more money allocated to the banning of it, it's led to more violence. Now, there's something called ghost guns. What are ghost guns, if you may ask? Well, ghost guns, you can build them yourself online. I don't need to go to a gun store, a pawn shop. I don't need to buy the gun online. I don't need to register it. It's a ghost gun. What is a ghost gun? Okay, most guns, all guns come with serial numbers. Just like your car has a VIN number, just like your television and all your electronic devices, when you, when you go to, and your phones, everything you have has some sort of serial number. Even though you and I can have the, the same smartphone, but the serial number in mine and the serial number on yours is totally different. Each and every single device that we purchase with a barcode on it has its own specific serial number. And that goes for every single weapon that is created from the Smith and Wessons of the world and the Tauruses and the Sig Sauers and all your major gun manufacturers. They all have serial numbers. 
So you can trace it back to the manufacturer. You can trace back point of sale, who was the person who purchased it, whatever the case may be. Serial numbers, very important. Ghost guns don't have serial numbers. You can't trace it back to a point, uh, a manufacturer. Why? Because you can make them yourself and they are just as effective as any gun that you can buy in a gun store. You take all the little parts. I've taken my little nine millimeter pistols apart to clean them. They're easy to make. I was going to buy an AR-15 a couple of years ago. I was going to buy one. And a friend of mine who used to work, who works at a gun store right now, he said, June, why are you going to buy an AR and spend all of that money when you can just build one and have it to your specs? And I was like, I'm not very handy like that. You know, and I don't, I don't know if I want to spend that kind of time. He was like, dude, and he literally showed me how to do it. He showed me and he broke down an AR right in front of me in the gun store and showed me this is all you need to buy is this little piece right here. And you can make this piece and you can get it welded to your specification. It'll cost you a couple of hundred bucks just to get this part welded. And then all these other little pieces, you can buy them at Lowe's or Home Depot. How are you going to regulate that? Hmm? After you ban guns. And then you have digital printing where you got guys that are creating guns online and then they're sending them over the web as f as free share. OK, in free forums. And they're in the and, in, and they're in the form of zeros and ones. OK, you can't regulate that. And so it's just a signal with the code on how to create a digital printed gun. And these guns look like toys, but they're real bong, 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 high capacity automatic weapons. So when you ban the guns from Smith & Wesson and Ruger and Sig Sauer and Taurus and CZ and all of those and Zagana, and you ban all of those, and then you have ghost guns that'll sell for quadruple the amount of the gun that I could have bought at a gun store regulated with having the serial number. You got my driver's license. This gun is attached to me from a point of sale. You ran the background check on me. Okay. Okay, June, 24-hour background check. You're all set. Here's your conceal and carry license. Awesome. Another picture ID. Great. You got the agency. For, okay, wonderful. So now this kid who, who, who uh, I think Ramos, who um, shot up the school in Texas, if he doesn't go to the gun store, he can always go online, spend the same money. So all of these gun control advocates are behind the eight ball as to how far the technology has gotten now to put a gun in the hands of anyone who actually has intentions, whether well or un or, or, or not well intentioned. Hmm. These ghost guns now are going for the same gun, the same nine millimeter Glock or Smith and Wesson M&P that I can get for three, four, five, six hundred dollars. The, the ghost gun version is selling for twelve to fifteen hundred dollars and it's possibly not as reliable, but it'll do the job. So let me so let me tell you guys something. All the all the people out there that are against ARs and against this and against that and thinking that somehow banning the guns is going to stop the violence. <clears throat> These ghost guns are here to stay in the same way that drugs are here to stay in the same way that alcohol was here to stay. And finally, this this country and it's and it's uh, finally got wisened up and decided, yeah, let's put a barcode back on that thing now. OK, let's stop with the false pur puritanical, you know, false puritanism. Hmm? Let's knock off the piety real quick and stop it. Knock it off and put a barcode on it. Look at gambling. Gambling was a major vice. Get, 
Las Vegas created by, you know, whole lot of nefarious characters were behind it. And now look what you do. You legalized it. You regulate it. You put it under the thumb and now you're fine. Yeah, you have a bunch of people that are, you know, addicted to gambling. But at the same time, you that nefarity of it is taken away. If someone knows that they can just go to off track betting and bet on a horse, I can just go into some sports casino. I can't remember what NBA team actually has their gambling sports book in house. So you can gamble on the game that you're watching right there in the stadium. I can't remember which basketball team has done it in their infinite wisdom. That's what they've done. They said, hey, you guys want to gamble on the game? We have a bar. We have everything set up for our gamblers to play the over, under, the spread, everything like that. Come on in. Eat, drink, be merry. Watch the game right here. Inside, all regulated, cameras everywhere. There's not going to be any Tony Soprano situations going on. You put it on a credit card, you win it, put it on the card. You lose it, we take it off the card. We've already held that amount. We already held the amount that you can lose and we're already going to give you the amount that you can win. It's right on the card. Walk out with your bundle. Enjoy yourself. Sounds a lot better, right? So now we're talking about banning these guns. We're not talking about, like I said, tablet control. We have a bunch of kids right now, and I've said it before, that have zero interpersonal skills. They don't know how to deal with any sort of con. They have no conflict resolution abilities. So every slight Every situation where they're excluded from a group or something that could be interpreted as quote unquote bullying, it spirals out of control for these young people while they're while they're at their most impressionable, while they're going through their most vulnerable hormonal stage during that point of adolescence to adulthood, that transition, so to speak. And now they're getting all of this information. Remember what we spoke about. America is the land of trends and not traditions. So now you're not a boy, you're not a girl, you're not a pronoun, you're a this, you're a that, you're not a he, you're not a she, you're not a her, you're not a he, you're a them, you're a that, you're a this, you're a bat, you're a giraffe, you're a cat. All of this information, all trends, no traditions, this is going on, that's going on, this is going on. They're getting teased for their sneakers, their hair, their this, their name, which is a rite of passage. I've said it. You get teased. It's a rite of passage. But these kids that are embedded and digitally connected to this, this other world that, that they don't have to be, they don't have to have the tools of social interaction in these little worlds. But eventually... This child is going to have to disconnect from those items and join the real world. You can't stay hooked up to your tablet forever. So now people at school, people in a sports team, people at the, in the cafeteria table, people in front of the school are looking at you like, eh, now they're excluding you or ostracizing you for whatever reason, putting you in a particular social caste, and you don't have the tools to handle it. And now guns are banned for all the good guys because bad guys always know how to get their stuff. Bad actors will always get the material they need to be bad actors. When you look at all the places around the world that have the worst income inequality, whether it's parts of Africa or Brazil or this, that, and the third, what do you see? You see bad actors on mopeds with guns preying on a public that has to be 25 years old or older to have a gun. And the only people that are allowed to have weapons are law enforcement and military. And bad guys, because can't stop the bad guys from eating. The bad guys are getting their money from what? Oh, yeah, the, sa the sale of those banned drugs. 
So now they're able to sell something at quintuple or 10 times the price. So they're able to do what? Afford guns from the largest exporter of guns on the planet. Hello, people. Are we what? Are we listening? You seeing how this all happens? And now those guys, the people that are depraved and deprived, they're out there going, there's a high likelihood that the person that I'm going to stick this gun in their face, they're not prepared. They don't have a gun. They don't have gun. They don't have self-defense tools or skills because their society has rendered them prey, has rendered them vulnerable, has turned them into victims in perpetuity due to their what? Banning of guns to the citizenry. And due to what? There's a vast income inequality in many of these emerging uh, countries, emerging markets and third world countries. So guess what happens? In those places, you notice they have the stiffest and strictest gun laws as well. But that's not because of the bad guys. Eventually, and I'm going to say this to you guys and understand this. Eventually, places that have high income inequality, they look to get the guns out of the, the Ameri the, the, their citizenry's hands. Why? Because when poor people run out of things to eat, they will eventually eat rich people. They will eventually eat the property. They will eventually eat their leaders. They will eventually look to their leaders and say, the reason why I'm at this station at this point in my life is not due to my own inability to provide sustenance. It's due to you. You're the problem. And on many occasions, they're right. So guess what? That government is going to use what? That same police that was there to protect you, that same military that was there to protect your borders is going to be sicked on that same disgruntled public. And the less of that disgruntled public that's armed, the better it is for the power structure such as it is. In the United States right now, we are suffering from the worst income inequality that we've ever seen. You have more poor, you have more rich than ever before. So the disparity is growing. You have the growing homeless mothers with babies or on the street represent one of the growing numbers of people that are homeless in this country. The soldier, the person who fought blood and guts for God and empire coming back and they represent one of the rising classes and one of the largest increasing numbers and fastest numbers of homeless people in this country. This is what's going on. So when I hear the push for gun control in a country that has more income inequality than it's seen before, I, I liken it to a lot of these third world countries that are saying, yeah, it's, it's good. We got we to gotta keep the guns out of the hands of the learned, disgruntled population before they decide enough is enough. And so we can use our police because guess what? Um, every single last time a government overreaches, the first thing they do is make sure that they're the ones with the guns and you're the ones who don't have any. Okay? That's what income inequality looks like. When a country decides it's not going to have safety nets, when a country decides that it's not going to have a floor with which their people cannot fall under, and they don't have certain programs, et cetera, et cetera, it becomes increasingly authoritarian, increasingly dictatorial. I, con I contend that you can't have gun control and not have poverty control. If you want to take away someone's guns and say, all right, man, here's what it's going to be. We're going to take away these guns, but we're going to make sure that you guys, uh, women get 
a year maternity leave. Men get six months paternity leave. Everybody gets five weeks vacation. We're, 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 we're decreasing the work day from five days to three and a half days. We're increasing. We're, we're decreasing the work week from 40 hours a week to about 28 hours a week full time, et cetera, et cetera. We're raising the minimum wage from 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 seven dollars and twenty five cents, which is the federal minimum wage right now. We're raising it to about 18 an hour. You can do a lot of things. You want to take away the guns? You better put something in its place. Because you take away the guns from the people who are just trying to mind their business and you're creating a poorer class of depraved and deprived people. Guess what's going to happen? Those depraved and deprived are going to chase after and prey on the people that are going about their regular, normal, moral, sound, good, sober, prudent lives. Like they do every place else that's banned guns to the normal to, to the average citizen. It doesn't work if you don't have certain measures in place to make sure that your people don't fall below certain poverty lines. That's what I'm telling you. Poverty control before gun control. This is what I'm telling you. So when people try to make the Europe conversation, the gun control advocates and, and a friend of mine, he brought what I said to the table. Like I said, this academic brought it to other academics. And he was like, that was very, very, very important to be said said the reason why you ain't gonna have the same kind of gun control in italy where i lived i saw poor people in italy plenty of, i saw working poor in italy and i saw all the devices that were used to make sure that the working poor were treated with dignity due to the social welfare systems that were in place now you lose a certain amount of autonomy as a human being when you when you have a when you're in the socialistic systems yet they get to tell you to jab or else Oh, yeah, they get to tax you a lot higher. That's the that's the get everything in life is trade offs and compromises. But in this country, you're going to take away the guns from law abiding, sound, moral, prudent people. And you're going to make it. It's going to be more ubiquitous and more available to bad actors because me, I'm not going to go buy a ghost gun if it's outlawed. I'm not going to do that because I'm not an outlaw. And I don't want to get in trouble with the law for that. I'll get into trouble with the law for other things. Maybe some things I say may get me in trouble. I'm down for that. But I'm not into chronically breaking any laws and rules that are in place. But guess what? If I'm a bad actor, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to get a ghost gun. But the same people now that are selling methamphetamines, heroin, cocaine, and everything alike, they don't care about your rules in place. You banned guns. You've outlawed guns. So what? doesn't matter so you're telling me that i can really kick in these people's doors despite if they have ring and this ring a ding and surveillance systems it doesn't matter who who cares if you can see if there's a robber at the door if you can't do anything about that thief or bad actor when they get through the door doesn't matter the police you saw what happened police counting on police let's look at texas for a moment people Apparently, the sheriff of that town wasn't on his walkie-talkie at the time of said incident. It took police, what, 20, 30, 40 minutes to get to the scene? Hmm. One of the men that was at the scene that said he saw um, um, Ramos start shooting, and he said that was the day he left his, his, his car gun he took his gun out of his truck two days before the incident. And he said he's going to regret it for the rest of his life. He said, because if I had my glove compartment, if I had my truck gun, I would have been able to put him down from from that vantage point that I saw him at. Now, I'm not saying that that man would have actually 
got involved, who knows? Because he's talking in hindsight. But I'm just saying, let's just say if there were more armed people at the scene, more moral, sound, prudent people at the scene, possibly. And I'm not advocating for the arming of teachers and things like that. We're not arming our kids with enough knowledge, let alone thinking about arming teachers with weapons. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what's going on now. We have a country that in the first world, America's the richest country on earth, but our kids are like last in, in science and math in the first world. And yet we're talking about arming the teachers with guns and not arming them with the knowledge to make these children competitive in science, technology, engineering, and math, and the arts, and STEM and STEAM. What are we talking about? We're talking about which pronoun they should use and who should have a gun on campus or not, but these kids are failing, and we are failing these kids. These kids are failing because they're being failed by the adults. That's the conversation. So when I hear gun control and all of this, and I'm saying ghost guns? Digital printing of guns. The increase in the digital printing of guns has gone up exponentially in the last couple of years. You get digital files sending guns to 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 different. Um, you can just send the file over the Web. You can't even trace it. It's a bunch of zeros and ones. You don't even know what it is. And all of a sudden, if you have a digital printer and that printer is not hooked up to the Web or something and you can find ways where, you know, all of a sudden it cannot be traced at all. Okay, at all. What are we talking about? So what are we talking about? So how are you going to ban that? Hmm. I'm just asking, how are we going to ban that? I was looking at a site and it's saying that there's over what I think. Uh, what did they say? 20,000, 200,000, you know, 20,000 suspected ghost guns were reported to the ATF. And recovered by law enforcement, 20,000, 20,000 guns that cannot be traced. You can shoot that thing and just drop it off at the scene. No fingerprints. You're done. Finished. So, so the technology now is ahead of the law. There's no law that you can pass right now that can keep up with that technology. So you're going to need another solution because I'm going to say it again. Gun control, the left is using it, but everyone is going to, be, the power structure such as it is, a power structure that is invested in income inequality, a power structure that is invested in surveilling its public as much as possible and controlling its public as much as possible, whether they're on the left or on the right, they are invested in making sure that the citizenry, the law-abiding, tax-paying citizenry is not well-armed or well-informed. They're both invested in it. Do you understand? When push comes to absolute shove, the power structure such as it is depends on an uninformed and unarmed society. That's what makes their job easier. The less informed you are and the less armed, and if you get informed, you, there's not much you can do about it. You don't have the money or the means or anything or the guns to say, um, we need to clean this up. OK, we need to wash. We need to wash this particular uh, uh, manifestation or incarnation of our government. We need to wash it away and cleanse it. And sometimes you need to cleanse it with the blood of revolution. I didn't say that one of our founding fathers did. Don't 
Call June a radical, please. I didn't make that up. I can't remember which founding father said it. Yeah, every couple of hundred years you need to cleanse your government in the blood of revolution. Just saying. But you can't do that when you're not informed and you're not armed and you're not this and you're not that. And for many people out there that abhor violence, please stop it. I don't want to stop it. Everything that we have in this country was somehow etched out through some violent means. Everything we have, everything we have. Like I've said, the cobalt and the copper and the diamonds and the gold and, 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 and the frankincense, the oils, the essential oil, everything we have. I don't care how, how organical you think you are. Stop it. What we have is a wash in blood somehow, some way. Someone is getting exploited for the things that we take advantage of in the first world. Period. So when you say, oh, no, I'm not with the violence and revolution, that just sounds like violence. Yeah, everything you have is from violence. You may not have been the uh, 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 harbinger of violence or the conveyor or purveyor of that violence, but you are the recipient. You are the beneficiary, I'm sorry, of that violence that was committed. Uh, dare I say oftentimes atrocities. I don't consider every violent act to be an atrocity, not at all. But there are certain atrocities that are committed for us to get what we all have. To live this first world lifestyle and have the first world problems that we have, others have to suffer. And that's the world that these young people don't understand. So when they get little tiny bits of it, when they're at the middle school lunch table, and no one wants to sign their yearbook going into high school and they can't handle the rejection. It's because you had them in front of a, a, a tablet. You didn't have any tablet control. So when this child decides that, hmm, I'm going to go buy a gun and instead of learning how to be a competitive shooter, a competitive marksman and win some awards and win some sponsors and maybe go online and start a social media page and group and show people how good I am with this gun. Instead of doing that, I'm going to use this gun to extinguish the lives of others because I can't find a reason for me to live and I cannot find a reason for you to live. Okay? I was reading, I was reading something uh, uh, and it said, uh, and it was very, very poignant. It was stark actually. And I'm trying to paraphrase because I can't remember it. It said that income inequality leads to a larger propensity of angry men to do violence to themselves, to do violence to others. And I contend also to do violence to themselves because when, when you do certain wanton random violence to others, what you are really doing is violence to your own self at the same time. So when you have a rise in this level of income inequality, there's a rise in violence. And this was a psychological study by some independent group. It was neither for or against guns or gun control. It was just showing the numbers across the world. And I didn't know that until after I did my particular uh, 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 platform where I said we need more poverty control versus gun control. And I was just naming the cities in the United States and the other naming the countries that I visited and that I, that I have a decent uh, amount of information on and knowledge upon, and I see how gun violence and violence upon citizenry, not war, not conflicts between groups, like I, not sectarian violence. I'm talking about where, where predators are, are preying on people. And when you see the rise in that, preying on, on law-abiding taxpayers, when you see that, you see that more in, in communities where there isn't enough, where there's an inequality base. When I gave you the Riviera Beach Jupiter parallel, a lot of my friends that are from Jupiter reached out to me. It was like, ooh, that was interesting. 
because a friend of mine said I have a lot of fancy friends in Jupiter, Florida, which is one of the most affluent zip codes in America. I got friends that have four, five, six Gucci style guns in their homes. These things have laser. This gun does everything but talk to you and shoot for you. Talking about laser this and you finger it only shoots based on your thumbprint and and just like a, I mean, the scope looks like a camera night vision goggles. I mean, these guys have everything. They look these guys are equipped like SEAL teams. And I can name you dozens of men in Jupiter that have better guns than what than the, than the than the guns that are being shot in the hood of Riviera Beach in the inner city in the impoverished areas that is just six exits away from them on the I-95 in South in Palm Beach, Florida. One of the richest counties in the country, Palm Beach, has one of the deadliest cities. Riviera Beach is one of the deadliest cities per capita in the United States of America, yet it is within the richest county. But within that richest county, it has one of the lowest annual incomes in the country. Whoa. Poverty, guns. Poverty, guns. You get rid of the guns and you have the poverty, the impoverished, they're going to get the guns. The felon is going to find a way to get the guns because he lives in a country that manufactures more guns than any other country on earth combined. Okay. Guns coming home to roost have a lot of different elements to it. So every one of these politicians that are these gun control opportunists using these shootings as a way to say, we need to get the guns off the street. We don't need an AR-15. You don't need an AR-9. You don't need a carbine. You don't need more than 10 rounds. You don't need this. No, 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 no. You're starting the conversation with the wrong people. You're living in a country that, dis that exports more guns than any other country on earth. 40% of the guns in the world are exported by us. You're not having that conversation? We're not going to talk about that? No? Oh, okay. Hmm. In places where they have large disparities in income inequality from rich to poor, from property to homeless, do you notice that there's a rise in gun violence? And if you ban the guns from, from the regular citizenry, that it leads to more authoritarian-like tactics from the actual government, and it leads to more predatory behavior from the deprived and the depraved? And so the people are literally under siege from their government because they can't do anything about them. And then from the people on the street, the, the goons and the goblins and the gangsters. Ooh. I'm just saying. I just want to know, are you guys ready to have that conversation? Those who are pro-gun control, like super pro-gun control. Do I want a background check? Yeah. Absolutely. Mental health checks and this, that, and the third we want to go through now. Okay. <clears throat> but when I hear people start talking about new agencies, okay. You mean like what they did with drugs? DEA, ATF, ICE, ABC, FBI, TNT? Really? QRZ? Hmm? You can use the whole alphabet and create as many agencies as you want. You're not going to be able to get rid of drugs and you're not going to be able to get rid of guns. This is a bigger, larger issue. We have a country right now 
that the kids don't know what to do, who they are. We have a country of trends instead of traditions. One minute they were he's and she's. The next minute they're saying they're she, he's and he, she's. The next minute we're trying to figure out what to teach in the schools. Your kids are failing because you're failing your kids. The kids are failing because we're failing the kids. That's what's going on. Your kids aren't doing well in science and technology and engineering and arts and math. They're not doing well in these. They're, they're last in the first world. Okay. America, as far as our medical system, we spend the most money on, on medical care in this country, but yet we have one of the worst infant mortality rates in the first world. As far as the dispensation of health care, we have one of the worst in the first world. What are we talking about? A lot of, the pe a lot of people in this country feel that they're being treated indignantly. With a certain level of indignance, they're feeling insignificant. And now they're going to their phones and their computers and their laptops and their websites. They're, you got men calling themselves incels, involuntary celibate. Men and boys calling themselves MGTOWs, men going their own way. Because they do not have the interpersonal skills to deal with anyone of their sex or the opposite sex. They haven't been told. So meanwhile, you have parents allowing their children to sit at dinner tables with the tablet out, whether in public or at home. Where the kids now get to immerse themselves deeper and deeper into a world that does not need them to have socialized social skills. But yet they're going to live in a world that they need to have those social skills and have to have conflict re resolution and be able to deal with people and deal with negative as well as positive stimuli. And you're not giving them the rules and the tools and the jewels to do so. And then we wonder couple of years after they're outside of their mother's hand holding that a couple of slights at school are 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 um now throw them down the rabbit hole of emotional instability because they can't cope because they were not given the rules and tools to cope now they're being told like i said you're a he you're a she you're a no you're a them you're a that you're a cat you're a hat you're a bat you identify as a cat so be it now you can meow Meow then. Learn your meows. Shaq gets to identify as Britney Spears. Okay, he gets to sit down while he urinates. Awesome. And we're and you know, and go into the female bathroom. Or if not, we're going to cancel and boycott him. There's a lot of conflicting and confusing information being given, and the parents can't keep can't get ahead of it. So now you have unstable kids. Now you have these kids taking to the streets now and deciding that you know what? I can't find a meaning for me to live. And I can't find a meaning, a reason for you to live. I can't find meaning in any of it. And after a while, those distractions and those trends aren't filling the, the social, psycho, spiritual deficit that they have. And then we have these hurt kids going out, hurting themselves and each other. This is what's going on. Okay? They can't find reasons because that tablet. And that web isn't going to provide enough reasons to stay around. It's not. Better they hug a tree. Better they hug a tree, feel the breeze, and see the bees and the birds and the bees than be online looking at this substack, this or this dark web forum with a bunch of other kids in that same echo chamber hurting with no solutions, feeling that they don't count. And they're online looking at everybody living their best life because everybody's carefully curating their life online. You're not showing your past due bills. You're not showing your, your anxiety. You're not showing your angst. 
You're not showing the fact that you got a C on a, on a particular grade. You're only showing the A's. You're not showing the fact that you dropped out of college. You're only showing college graduations. So now these kids that are going through real pain are going online and seeing people living the best versions of life. And they're saying, why is, how come my life isn't as fulfilled? You know, basketball players, for you to be considered an all-time great, you have to hit 50% of your shots. That's it. Not 100%. For you to be considered a great basketball player, I mean, sorry, baseball player, you know, you're averaging 310, 350, three, batting 350. You know what batting 350 is? That means you're hitting about, 30, that means you're connecting with the ball in scoring position 35% of the time, 30% of the time. You're hitting 290. Oh, wow. That man's 300. Ooh, you're batting 300. That's considered excellence. But no one is showing the 70% of the times you're striking out. That doesn't count. So in life, you don't have to hit home runs 100% of the time. Not even 80% of the time. Not even 70. You, all you have to do is be right 30% of the time to be considered a Hall of Famer. If you strike out 70% of the time, you're a Hall of Famer. In basketball, you're hitting over 50% off more than 15 attempts. No one's caring. But online, no one's showing their misses. No one's showing their strikeouts. No one's showing their incompletions. It's not what they're showing. To be a great quarterback, 60-something percent of your passes, 70% of your passes, good. Not 80, not 90. It's not the same as school where you have to have 80s and 90s. It's not the same. To be a Hall of Fame basketball player, 50%. Hall of Fame baseball player, 30%. Sometimes 29%. Hall of Fame football player, a quarterback. So what I'm trying to say is these kids are looking and everybody's looking. And even adults are looking online and seeing everybody going on vacation and taking pictures of their fancy meals with all the drizzle on it and going, man, I haven't eaten at a restaurant in forever. And these people always seem like they're eating at a restaurant. No, they're not. You are not. You don't have a camera in these people's homes and seeing what they're going through all the time. You're not seeing their strikeouts. You're only seeing their base hits and their home runs. You're not seeing the shots that they missed and the turnovers. You're just seeing the three pointers. You're just seeing the shots that went in. You're looking at everybody's highlight reel when you're looking online. And their highlights making you feel like your life is a bunch of lowlights. You're not seeing their lowlights. And so their neural pathways change, their fear of missing out. People are doing this and you feel like you're not doing enough with your day, enough with your week, enough with your month, enough with your year, enough with your life. And then you start looking at other people doing things. And it's not getting you up to go do things. It's getting you more depressed that you're not doing things. That's what's going on with these kids. They're like, man, I want to do that. I don't have the money, though. <sighs> I want to graduate, but I don't have the thing. I don't keep talking. Instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to message those people and say, hey, listen, how did you get there? I'm going. And then you realize that's not going to make you happy. You go on one trip, that's great. You go on to, I've, been, I've been to several countries. I've traveled all over the world. So what? Does it immunize me and inoculate me from the, the normal rigors of life, of 
interpersonal relationships going wrong, my own angst about things that I want to do or haven't done? Does it does it inoculate me from regret and reflection? Does it inoculate me and insulate me and immunize me from negative stimuli? No, nothing does. But you have to have the coping mechanisms and the tools and the skills. So no amount of fancy meals and fancy trips are going to make up for it. But yet people are looking at everyone driving or test driving or renting or touring some pretty little sports car and wearing their Sunday best and eating at this restaurant or taking a trip to some place. Caprese and they over here eating this, you know, and and, and before you know it, you're like, man, these people are living great, man. They, they're happy all the time. They're living luxuriously lovely lives. I was just watching the Whitney Houston special the other night. Can I be me about a couple of months ago? And this woman. 250 million woman is worth a quarter of a billion dollars one of the one of the most iconic voices of all time i was in love with whitney houston i thought she was like a sexy school teacher that's how i always looked at her i was like oh my god i was enamored with whitney my dad was enamored with whitney my dad bought a whitney album cover album and i just stared at the album cover for like an hour just looking at her it's like wow that smile those teeth my god Woman was one of the saddest women on earth. That money and that talent couldn't fill that deficit. What are we doing to help fill the, to give these kids the tools and the rules? We are relinquishing our responsibility as elders and stewards for the future by just giving it away to the digital world and saying, yeah, go, go sit there in that corner with that tablet and just don't make too much noise. I said it before, feeding and clothing, feeding and watering and clothing and housing these seeds aren't enough for them to grow correctly. I'm going to repeat that over and over again when we speak about the future, when we're speaking about these people from zero years old to eight to 17, from zero to 17, feeding, clothing, watering and sheltering them is not enough for them to grow correctly. OK, it's very important that we understand that because what's going on right now is we have a bunch of seeds right now that can't find a reason to continue to grow and continue to live. And they're saying and they look at you and they look at me and they look at the rest of us and says, I can't find a reason for you to continue growing and living either. Our guns have come home to roost and there's nothing that we can do about it. There's no legislation. There are there are no agencies that we can create no more mechanisms to legal gun possession and gun ownership. I'm sorry that you can use that's going to mitigate the level of 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 of, of violence that we see that can that can reduce it. Poverty control and that poverty is not just income. It's a spiritual it's a psycho deficit. It's a poverty internally. That is going on. Even kids from semi-affluent neighborhoods are feeling it as well. Middle class are feeling it as well. This is not just something that's being relegated to inner city now. And that's why it's a big deal, by the way. I, I, I hate to bring this point up, but, you know, the biggest call for gun control now is because it's happening in Columbines and Sandy Hooks and other places that traditionally were gun violence free. And now all of a sudden, because it's happening in certain other communities. Remember, we spoke about this in Worthy and Unworthy Victims. 
there are people that we just assume we've been psychosocialized into believing that this this stuff always happens to them. So we have a level of empathy, but then not so much. But then it happens to others. We're going, oh, my God. We have to do something about it. It's like the OJ. It's like OJ and, 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 and Nicole. When OJ was found not guilty, then all of a sudden everyone was saying we needed to do what? Overhaul our judicial system. But no one says that when someone is exonerated off of death row after 20, 30 years based on DNA evidence. No one says that when we look at how the judicial system seems to hyper incarcerate young black males for nonviolent crimes. We don't say that when we say that we we only five percent of the population, the world's population, but we incarcerate over 25 percent of the incarcerated people on the planet are here. We are the most overly incarcerative society on Earth, hyper incarcerative. Our bail reform. We need bail reform. There are people that are in jail right now, not because they committed the crime, but because they don't have enough money to pay for bail. There was this old saying in my neighborhood. we, We call the capital punishment. Those who don't have the capital get the punishment. So if you can't afford a good lawyer, then that actually um, can determine whether you get decent legal counsel or justice will shine upon you a certain way, depending on the level of lawyer that you have. So that's not justice. But no one's no one cared. America didn't care until O.J. Brown, black guy kills or, or allegedly kills wife and it seemed that his money got him off to many in this country he was guilty and when he was when he was exonerated and found not guilty the uproar the magazines the newspapers the the conversation was around our judicial system is broken but yet when the other people the 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 unworthy victims of the judicial systems were, were speaking about that for decades no one was listening the same people that were screaming for judicial reform was like, yeah, 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 stop your complaining. You probably did something wrong. Uh, Yeah, it it takes a couple of, you got to break a couple of eggs to make an omelet. Sorry, collateral damage. Whoops. That's what they were met with. Okay? So what I'm saying is a lot of the crimes that were occurring and a lot of gun violence that was occurring was falling on deaf ears until it went to certain neighborhoods. Okay? So all I'm saying is What's going on right now in this country is a deficit of the spirit of this country. It doesn't start with a gun and end with a bullet being shot. It starts with what's going on with this child that actually has the mechanism in in, in their mind now. The pathology leads them to say, yeah, I'm going to get this gun. I'm going to kill a lot of people and myself. I'm going to extinguish their lives and in turn destroy mine, whether I decide to live or not. Whoa. And you think, gun control, that's the first thing you say? We wonder why we're in this position as a country, as a society, as a world. When I see how narrow the conversation is and I see how mediocre the conversations are, I say to myself, it's no wonder that we are. I I actually, I'm surprised that we haven't delved further into depravity. Because I find our leadership, our educational system, our informational system to be mediocre at best. At its very best, it's mediocre. At its, ve- at its level best. How we're entertained, how we're informed, and how we are led by political leaders. At its apex, it's mediocre. 
I look at every leader, every president, every senator, every governor, mediocre at best. <clears throat> at best. Media, whether you're a Fox or a CNN or an MSNBC or uh, uh, a CNBC or mediocre at its best. The talking heads, mediocre at their best. And I say to myself, I'm, we're lucky we're not worse off. We're lucky we're not worse off because the level of conversations that we are having as adults, it's no wonder the kids are like this. If you look at the adults that are leading, that, the adults that we're all following, people storming the White House for a Trump. Really? Out of all the people, out of all the people to actually fight for, and as I have my own issues with January 6th, issues for and against, like, you know, hey, my thing is disgruntled, disgruntled people have a right to um, get access to the places that they've built and people that they voted for. They, have, they should have access to them to a certain degree. And some people wanted to force a certain amount of access. And some people may say, June, that was a little bit more than forced access. Okay. Yeah, I know, I know what my sentence is lacking nuance at the moment. But, you know, I, I regardless if I agreed with why someone is doing something, I always say I don't have the right to question how sometimes people protest. I don't have that right. But at the same time, I can say, for Donald? Seriously? That's the leadership that you decided to, 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 to storm the castle for? For real? Huh? I'm from New York City. I knew Donald since I was a kid. He was always in the newspaper. I bumped into Donald in Florida a couple of times. Bumped into Donald in New York a couple of times. At the club. At a hip-hop club. Came in with two blondes. Left with more. Rappers and everybody in the place was looking at him like, oh, that's Donald. That was back in the day. This is, this is years ago. That's Donald. He's a celebrity guy, a real estate guy. You storm the castle for the real estate guy? For the dude with the gold chandeliers and gold toilets and the gold faucets? Really? Okay. Okay. So that's the level of leadership that we're, 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 we're willing to fight for? We don't want more? And I ain't got nothing against Donald. I'm, just, well, I'm not going to say I don't have anything against Donald. I don't think he should have been president. Same way I don't think Joseph R. Biden should be president. But I'm just saying. When I look at the level of leadership and what we guys quibble over, the levels of mediocrity that we allow to rise to the top, it's, no it's a wonder that we are not further down the rabbit hole of a civilization in decline. I know this sounds a bit alarmist. I'm, my apologies. But I'm really worrying about the youth. I'm worrying about the future because we still have a shot at them. We still have a shot to make this right. The question is, are we? Are we going to ask the right questions and have the right conversations? Till we speak again. Bye-bye.